Hello, sports fans. This is Ray Samora, host of the It's Hip to Clip podcast. I wanted to let you know about a new podcast coming soon hosted by me. If you didn't know, Southern California has more than just two soccer teams, the LA Galaxy and LAFC. There's another professional soccer team just south on the five, located in beautiful Irvine, California, right in the heart of Orange County. They are Orange County Soccer Club, and they play in the USL. Anyway, I'm working with the club to create and produce a podcast dedicated to the boys in Orange and Black. It's called the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and it's a weekly look into Orange County's pro soccer team. We'll have guest appearance from media experts, players, and coaches. I hope you can check it out. It'll be available soon on all the top podcast providers. Remember, that's the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. For County, my OCSC. home is built on backbone, what goes on behind the scenes, just beyond the camera's reach. You know these streets to be flooded in sweat and swagger, shine excavated from the shadows. We don't take breaks, we stay ready to rise, some question how we do it, how we stand sturdy in the wake of every mountain. This city, our city, it moves with the fighter's pride in the face of every naysayer. Our city jabs and jams with the strength of all of us who call it home. Hello, Clippers Nation. Welcome to another episode of the internet's newest Clippers podcast, It's Hip to Clip. I'm your host, Ray Samora. I'm with you each and every episode as we talk all things L.A. Clippers. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have made it to the end of the season. Uh, Unfortunately, the season ended a little bit earlier than many of us would have hoped for. But hey, you can't win them all, right? And as a longtime Clipper fan, I'm still proud of this team. We've achieved so much more than could have been expected with all the injuries and Uh, roster changes that were made prior to the season starting and throughout the season. Uh, In this episode, we're going to talk briefly about the last two games of the season that the Clippers played since our last episode, uh, the loss to the Pelicans and the loss to the Lakers. But I promise you it's going to just be a brief uh, discussion about it. There's no need to uh, dwell on it, and we will talk about that. We're also going to uh, look ahead now to the beginning of the off season and get some ideas or at least talk about some ideas of what we're seeing with this Clippers team, the potential uh, for changes in the roster and looking at uh, the coach Doc Rivers future with this club. And I promise you going forward, now that we're into the off season, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about rumors, talk about trades that potentially happen, free agent signings, free agent losses, and anything else that might happen with uh, your team, the LA Clippers. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Looking at the last two games of the season, you could definitely tell at uh, 
first glance of each of those games that the Clippers sort of have already packed in their bags. Uh, they had just been knocked out of any possible contention to get into the playoffs. So you know the team's probably uh, at that point down on themselves. Uh, they, you know, disappointed. They had been, you know, fighting for most of the season for a chance to sneak into the playoffs. And when you've been doing that for most of the season and to come down to, you know, the final, you know, three or four games and have that happen, it's it's a major letdown for the team. So although you know, I had mentioned in the last podcast that it would be great to play that spoiler role with the Pelicans. Also, it would be great to get that season sweep again on the L.A. Lakers. Uh, it's understandable that the Clippers players weren't fully into it. Um, and also, you could tell with some of the uh, lineups and some of the rotations that the coaching staff had already thrown in the towel. And basically, they were looking at giving some other players some opportunities in some key minutes. So the Clippers lost to the Pelicans 113 to 100 and to the Lakers 115 to 100 and and both those games they really weren't close. Uh, You have to really have wanted to watch the games to be able to easily sit through them. Uh, I I will admit for me it was a pain to watch uh, those two games or not a pain but you know it took a little bit of work for me to watch those two games because you know hey you have kids I have two young kids you know I want to go instead of watching a uh, subpar Clipper performance you know go out and kick a soccer ball around or shoot some hoops with the with the boys but you know as a clipper fan you got to watch those games and watch them to the end and you know that's something that uh that I've always sort of been proud of is I've always been able to try and stick with the clippers and uh although the last few seasons have been easier because they've been winning uh this definitely doesn't match anything in the uh horrible years of the clippers you know in the 90s and the 80s and whatnot but again, they they sputtered to to an end of the season uh, with those two losses include uh, and counting the previous two losses before that, they finished the season on a four game losing streak. Uh, again, two of those games were games where they still had a potential outside looking, you know, outside shot of making it into the playoffs. But it was a long shot, and in the end, you know, they got knocked out. They just sort of threw in the towel for those last two games and sort of were already in off-season mode at that point. The disappointing thing against the Lakers is it uh, uh, ruined the chance for the Clippers to have another season sweep of the Lakers. We talked about that the previous episode, that the Clippers have been dominating the hallway series with the Lakers, and uh, it would have been another season series sweep if they could have got the win, which would have made it four in six seasons, which when you look back at the history of these two teams, that's an amazing feat for the Clippers. It's always been the Lakers that have been one of the tough teams you know, or have the Lakers have always been, for the most part, the better team up until the recent, yeah, five, six, seven years. So, you know, that was sort of disappointing that, you know, the Clippers gave gifted a game to the Lakers in a chance where they had another season sweep. But again, season was over. It's time to look forward to what was going on uh, at that Laker game. Many people noticed that there was a moment where uh, Doc Rivers took out DeAndre Jordan. Was the final time DeAndre Jordan stepped on, or the final time that DeAndre Jordan was on the court for the season? Uh, Doc Rivers decided to sub him out, and at that point, the two shared a rather lengthy embrace right on the sidelines while the game is still going on. Uh, you know, you could see that they were, you know, uh, it was a nice, solid hug between the two players, or between the player and the coach, and you could see that they were, you know saying a few words to each other in that moment. 
And that was definitely a big topic on social media. Uh, people were posting videos that they could get of it and just sort of mentioning it. And at the end of the game, when uh, Doc Rivers was at the uh, press conference uh, after the game, he shared a little insight to what the to what the coach and his player were talking about. I mean, I basically told him I love him. Uh, DJ's been great for me. Um, we don't know what he's going to do. And, um, you know, that, that could possibly be, you know, the last game. I hope not, obviously. Um, but DJ and I are very close. Um, I challenged him when I took this job. I, I, I asked him to be one of the best defensive uh, players, one of the best rebounders, and, and, he, and he took that title and did it. Um, so I'm just proud of him. He's like a kid to me. And, um, you know, I don't think people understand what coaches go through. They, they have these bonds with these guys, and sometimes they get broken because of free agency. Sometimes they get broken – uh, because you don't get where you want to get and, you know, you make moves and bitterness and all that stuff. Uh, but as a coach, one thing I've learned is you give each player your heart. Um, most of the time they embrace it. Sometimes they crush it uh, and you still do it and you, you do it every year. You do it the next day. Um, and that's DJ with me. You know, um, he's, he's a special, special player in my coaching career. So Doc Rivers there sharing a little bit of the conversation and the embrace there, what happened there between the two uh, during the game. And, you know, it's nice to hear some of those words. You, you definitely could tell that Doc Rivers and DeAndre Jordan had built a relationship through the time that Doc Rivers has been here. And, of course, DJ was here prior to that. But when Doc came in, Doc sort of embraced DJ from the, from the beginning and helped uh, helped in the evolution of DeAndre Jordan's game from a – you know, probably more of a role-playing center to being an actual game force in the position, especially defensively and on the rebound side of things. Uh, after the game, the media got a chance to speak with DeAndre Jordan uh, about this uh, hug, this embrace, and sort of what was discussed and what his thoughts were on it. And this is what DJ had to say. Uh, you know, Doc's the best coach I've ever had, man. So I just wanted to, you know, tell him I really appreciate everything that you know he's done for me over these years and. This season was rough for, for us, but I just really commended him for, for, for sticking with him and sticking with us and helping us find ways to win and, um, you know, just, just being appreciative, that's all. So regardless of what goes on in the future between uh, DeAndre Jordan and the Clippers, Doc Rivers and the Clippers, it, it's sort of nice to see that there was this uh, really solid relationship between player and coach and uh, that DeAndre Jordan had the respect of Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers had the respect of DeAndre Jordan. And they both seem to genuinely have, you know, care for each other. And it seems like they will continue to have a relationship, uh, you know, even if one or both are not on the Clippers next season. Uh, unlike what you saw or what we've heard with Chris Paul a little bit here there recently where it's been sort of discussed that there was a shaky relationship between the two and that Chris Paul had disclosed some of this information to Coach Steve Ballmer upon being asked by the Clippers owner. Uh, you know, with DeAndre Jordan and Doc Rivers, it seems like they definitely do, uh, you know, care for each other and they respect one another, which you sort of could see that uh, from, you know, time to time on the court. You could see that uh, DeAndre Jordan was embracing Doc Rivers and his his game plan and what Doc Rivers was trying to build with the Clippers throughout the seasons that uh, Doc Rivers and DeAndre Jordan have been together with the team. So speaking of those two and, and really speaking of the roster now that we've reached the 
off-season portion of things, at least for the Clippers, there's still the NBA playoffs going on, but we're not really going to get into that because the Clippers aren't involved in the playoffs, and you know, there's many sources you can get your NBA playoff news if need be. I don't want to repeat a lot of this stuff that you're probably looking up on the internet, following Twitter on, or whatnot, but... You know, now that the Clippers have sort of entered off-season mode, the the big question for the Clippers, or at least there's two big questions that you're sort of uh, wondering as far as the current roster or the current team, is the future of Coach Doc Rivers and the future of DeAndre Jordan. So Doc Rivers, uh, we talked about it in depth last last episode, so we're not going to get too deep into what my opinions are. Most of you already know that I'm a huge proponent that it's time for some change, that we possibly need to see uh, a shakeup in the coaching spot for the Clippers. Doc Rivers has been here for a while. Uh, He hasn't really improved much, and it's gone steadily down since his first season with the team. I'm not going to rehash that and spend another 10 minutes on that like I did last episode. But what we will talk about, though, is what we're seeing in news reports and rumors. And this is all speculation at this point. There's been no announcement from the club. There's been no announcement for from coach Doc Rivers, but it seems to look like Doc Rivers and the club are leaning towards a Doc Rivers return next season as the head coach of the LA Clippers. Uh, you know, if, if that happens, it's not the worst thing that could happen for the Clippers. Yes, I think the Clippers do need to shake up and they do need to look elsewhere for some coaching, but you can do a lot worse as an NBA uh, team with a coach as you know, qualified or as, as knowledgeable as Doc Rivers uh, is. So, and, you know, as a testament to what he did this season with the Clippers, a team that had so many long-term uh, roster devastating injuries to players like Patrick Beverly and to Danilo Gallinari and to Milos Teodosic. Uh, you know, you had a lot of lost minutes from those three players, let alone other players such as Avery Bradley, Blake Griffin throughout the year. Uh, and, you know, so you had a coach that had to deal with that and without really any assets to bring in additional pieces onto the roster. It was really pretty much playing with what he had on his roster and using his utilizing his two-way contracts that he had with uh, the Agua Caliente Clippers and, and utilizing that. So there was a lot of uh, roster changes, I you know, I think – the, the Clippers broadcast continuously, especially towards the end of the season, you know, started showing some of those, you know, where the Clippers ranked as far as number of starting lineups, number of, you know, different players that had started, uh, you know, and those types of things. And they had a lot of rookies, you know, on the court from time to time or and if not rookies, you know, young players who had yet to really have any extensive NBA experience. And also on top of that, you had the big roster shakeup prior to the season with Chris Paul and also midseason with Blake Griffin. And there's not many coaches in the NBA that would be able to take a team that had gone through so much change and so many roster injuries and still have them competing till the end of the season. So again, Doc Rivers is not a bad coach. He, I just, I, I felt like it's, time for the Clippers to move on from it. He's, you know, sort of almost sort of that, that what you would say worn out is welcome. He's been here through what was the best roster pretty much in Clipper franchise history and wasn't able to get over that hump with that roster. And he sort of has overachieved with a lesser roster, but really is, is Doc Rivers the coach that you're looking for to sort of help lead you through this you know, semi-rebuild. It's not a complete dismantle and rebuild when you look at the roster, but he's not going to have, 
you know, those key three players that he had in Boston and in his first few years with the Clippers. So, again, it seems to be that the the consensus is that he's going to be returning as the Clippers coach next season. And we'll have to see, how you know, as the reports actually get made official or, you know, the team or, you know, Coach Doc Rivers make any kind of official statement, we'll be able to then get that concrete evidence on there. But, you know, going off of what you're reading uh, from some of the NBA beat writers, the reporters or whatnot, it seems like more than likely Doc Rivers will be back with the Clippers for the next season. So that talks about Doc Rivers. Uh, one of his coaching staff, uh, one of the members of his coaching staff, Coach Mike Whitson, uh, it seems like the Knicks might have a little bit of interest. At least I was reading that uh, yesterday that the Clippers had granted the Knicks uh, a permission to speak with Mike Woodson about their coaching vacancy. The Knicks had have just fired recently Jeff Hornacek, so they have an opening in their uh, head coaching role. And Mike Woodson was a coach for the New York Knicks uh, a few seasons ago before he became an assistant with the Clippers. So there's that experience or that you know relationship already built with the Knicks between the Knicks and Mike Woodson. And you know by all means you never want to see a quality assistant coach go, but you know if they have an opportunity to get a head coaching job, you got to let them take it. Uh, you know everyone that's a coach in the NBA, if you're not a head coach, your dreams and your aspirations are more than likely to be a head coach. There's a few of them in there that are sort of that I never want to have that responsibility. I'm fine being an assistant coach, but that's really a rare um, exception that you have with coaching uh, you know, rosters or you know, coaching groups for the teams. Uh, so you look at that with Mike Woodson. He's going to probably have some interest from some of the open vacancies. And the other assistant on the Clippers that's going to probably get some chances to interview will be Sam Cassell. I would love to see Sam Cassell maybe given a head coaching opportunity as a replacement to Doc Rivers, um, either this upcoming season or if there's sort of this handshake in place where when Doc steps down after next season, Sam Cassell gets to come in. I love Sam Cassell. You know, he was uh, he, he was an instant fan favorite when he came over in the uh, mid 2000s to join Elton Brand and help lead to the Clippers to what it was that time, their best run uh, in the playoffs and getting into a second round matchup. And, you know, he started coaching off, I think over in Washington with the wizards and doc rivers brought him on to his coaching staff a couple seasons ago. And, you could see Sam Cassell, you know, he has some passion out there. He's always had that as a player. He's continued to have that as a coach. And you could see he's really working with the players to try and help them establish some um, some solid, you know, NBA skills, especially when you're looking at some of those guards and the point guards, uh, you could definitely see him working with those players. Um, Austin Rivers has been a huge fan, I believe, of Sam Cassell, and and you can see some of Sam Cassell's game has rubbed off on Austin Rivers um, on there. So. You know, that would be um, the out of the two assistants, Mike Woodson and Sam Cassell, I would rather see Mike Woodson go and keep Sam Cassell, hopefully to see him evolve into a head coach with this team. Uh, but again, if a club offers him or if a team offers him an opportunity to be a head coach this season and it's not the LA Clippers, if you're Sam Cassell, you almost have to take it. So we're going to see where those two um, sort of fall in the pecking order for these coaching vacancies over the next uh, couple weeks and months or so. And we'll definitely share any information uh, as that comes along with them. Looking at the roster, you have a few players that have potentials to become free agents this offseason. Uh, looking at the roster, there's six players actually that are potentially players that could enter the free agent market depending on what they do with their current uh, 
you know, contracts, you know, situations. So you have uh, someone like Avery Bradley, who we saw very limited time with the Clippers, but is known to be at least an above average defender in the NBA. And although this season he struggled a little bit with a shot, he's been a decent uh, shooter of the ball, you know, shoots it at a decent percentage for a guard. Uh, He's seen more of a defensive presence than a scoring threat, but he definitely is not one of those players that uh, a team can, you know, let sit wide open for shots because he can knock down some shots. He was acquired by the Clippers uh, from the Pistons in that Blake Griffin deal. And he actually has an early termination option on his contract. So it's all the balls in his court of what he wants to do. Does he want to get out of that contract, explore free agency, or does he want to maybe continue with the Clippers? We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, Montrez Harrell is a, uh, restricted free agent coming off his rookie contract. He was a player that the Clippers uh, brought over from Houston in this Chris Paul trade, and he uh, surprised many fans. I think he surprised the coaching staff. Uh, You know, when they made the trade that sent Chris Paul to Houston, they retrieved received Montrezl Harrell and then they went on and signed Willie Reed to be basically their backup center and then within about 15 to 20 games it was very noticeable that Montrezl Harrell was the better option off the bench which made Willie Reed uh you know made him available to trade when they did the Blake Griffin trade so Montrezl Harrell will be a very interesting free agent on this Clippers roster. The Clippers have the, the the rights to match an offer that he receives. So it's really going to be dependent on what kind of offers uh, other teams make to Montrezl Harrell and if it becomes valuable enough for the Clippers to retain him. And some of that's going to have to do with what happens with one of the other potential free agents, which is DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan is one of four players on the roster that looks like they have some player options on their contracts, which means they can opt out of that final year of their contract and explore free agency. Uh, Those four players, Wes Johnson, DeAndre Jordan, Austin Rivers, and Milos Teodosic. Uh, Two of those players, Wes Johnson and Milos Teodosic, they probably will not um, exercise that uh, option and they probably, I mean, exercise the opt out. So they'll probably return to the roster next season. Wes Johnson is making more than he will ever be able to get on a free agent contract, even though, you know, on a free agent deal, he might be able to get two to three years. Uh, You know, he's making more money than than needed. And there's really no benefit for him to do that unless he personally is looking for an option or an opportunity to get more playing time. It seems like he's been relegated to, you know, 12th or 11th man off the bench for the Clippers at this point in his career. And, but And if he wants to try and see if he can get more playing time elsewhere, that might be the only opportunity that you'll see him uh, opt out of his contract and explore free agency. But with him, I mean, at this point of his career, he is what he is. I don't think there's any NBA team that's going to, A, commit long-term to him with anything more than maybe a minimum contract or maybe, you know, a couple million dollars here or there. Uh, for what he could potentially provide in sparse minutes. But more than likely, Wes Johnson will be uh, returning. Uh, Milos Teodosic more than likely will be returning to the Clippers as well. Um, But he does have that option, I think, to opt out there and explore. But... You know, he had an injury-plagued rookie season. Again, he's another one of those players that there's not, there might not be much of a market for him. He's already on the wrong side of the uh, mountain when it comes to, you know, uh, you know, players' peak athletic years. He's already on that decline there. So there's not much upside on him. He is what he is. He's declining at this point in his career. And again, he's probably not going to find uh, a much better situation contract-wise and playing, avail- uh, playing time availability as he has with the Clippers. DJ is the big one. 
that we have here. DeAndre Jordan, uh, there's been no commitment either way from him or his camp as far as what he is planning on doing, if he's planning on opting out or if he's planning on playing his final year of the contract and exploring free agency in the offseason in 2019. But the power is on him. Um, he's the one that that you know controls what's going to happen with his future with his with what NBA team he's going to be with next year and uh, general manager uh, Lawrence Frank of the uh, LA Clippers uh, shared that that's basically what the situation is you know it's DJ DJ is a player option so right now you know we'll continue to have dialogue with DJ and his agent but it's essentially it's it's DJ's option he's there is a, a, a contract for him next year if he wants to be here. And so we'll, we'll continue to have conversations. And I think, you know, uh, DJ, you know, again, is, is one of the elite, you know, rim protectors, rebounders, and, uh, and has been here his entire career. So we'll, we'll deal with that as, as we progress through the offseason. So really, DeAndre Jordan, uh, his future with the LA Clippers is right now squarely in his hands. He's the one that has to decide. Uh, if he wants to opt out and explore free agency. And, you know, even if he does opt out to explore free agency, it doesn't mean he won't be an L.A. Clipper. He can always opt out and then re-sign with the Clippers to get himself a little bit more of a guarantee in the number of years uh, that he will be guaranteed some money with uh, rather than playing one more season on one more contract if he really wants to stay with the Clippers and risk the potential of getting injured and then, you know, worsening his value for the 2019 free agency situation. But when we talk about DeAndre Jordan, that's really going to impact impact the Clippers and how they engage and, and make their decision on Montrez Harrell. So the big hope is whatever DeAndre Jordan is going to want to do, uh, the hope is that he will make that decision early, whether it is he wants to opt in for that final year, whether it is he wants to opt out and negotiate and try and resign with the Clippers, or if he wants to opt out and sign with another team. The big hope for the Clippers is that they will know early on. So when Montrezl Harrell becomes the free agent and, and gets offers and potentially signs a deal elsewhere, the Clippers will sort of know at that point what they what their value on Montrezl Harrell is. Because if you lose DeAndre Jordan, your value for Montrezl Harrell will go up because now you're looking at him potentially being a starter or at least getting some big minutes and in, in increasing his minutes with the team. Uh, I don't know if being a starter for Montrezl Harrell is the right role. He seems to thrive in that off-the-bench energy role for about 15 to 20 minutes a game. But he's a young player. He can evolve, and he could potentially be a solid starter in the NBA. But again, depending on where, where the Clippers go with DeAndre Jordan, you know, if you have, if you do bring DeAndre Jordan back to the roster, then you're looking at Montrez Harrell as guaranteed being that 15 minute a night player off the bench. So then it decreases the value to the Clippers to bring him on, and they're not going to want to pay him what you would pay a starter in the NBA. So the whole Montrez Harrell situation is going to depend on the whole DJ situation uh, and what he decides to do for the future. And then uh, we didn't talk about it. I said there was a f there was four players that can opt out of that final year. The other one is Austin Rivers, and he's sort of that questionable one. You don't know what he's going to do at this point. Um, my my thoughts are that if you know if the rumors are right and Doc Rivers returns, more than likely we'll see Austin Rivers return for that final year of the contract, and then go from there and see what's going on. Uh, but there's always the chance that he can opt out. He had a really productive season for the Clippers this year, shot tremendously outside the uh, or from the three point line uh, and was pretty good at driving to, you know, to the hoop and, and 
making some tough contested layups. Uh, One of the things when he first came to the Clippers that I always noticed is he would go in for those layups and they looked ugly and they wouldn't go in. And he's really worked on that and improved that. And you could see that this season because he was going in and making some very tough contested layups. And he also really increased that three-point range. Uh, the hope with him is, you know, again, he potentially can opt in, play out that year, and then explore his free agency in 2019. Or if he feels like he can get a bigger, better, or longer guaranteed money at a good price, what he's making now, or even a little bit more of a raise, then you could see him opting out. And again, again, it's the same situation with DeAndre Jordan. Just because he opts out doesn't mean he's no longer a Clipper. He could very easily opt out and look to re-sign with the Clippers to give himself a little bit more of a guarantee in the number of years that he will be paid. You know, just in case you got as an NBA player, you always got to think about it. There's always a chance you can get a career-ending injury, and then you basically have no more power to sign contracts. So you always want to look at that opportunity, and it's that risk-reward. You know, can you should you sign the contract now to guarantee you're going to get paid for four or five years, or do you risk playing that one more year, hoping you can have another stellar year and then make more money uh, at that point? But so you can see where we're going to have some uh, questions about the roster, how things are going to look, and we'll we'll definitely dig into a lot more of this roster stuff uh, throughout this off season. We might not be hitting you as much with maybe won't be coming on weekly with a podcast just because you know, there will be some periods where there's not much Clippers new news between now uh, and the uh, start of training camp. You you will. Obviously have the draft coming up, and we'll definitely focus on the draft uh, as that gets closer. But in those periods where there's not much news going on, I'm not going to come on and just try and talk your ear off for 30 minutes about stuff we may have already talked about or you know, talking about who knows what uh, as far as Clipper stuff. But we'll definitely try and at least come on every other week. And then as uh, big information, big news drops, we'll drop maybe little... Uh, episodes here and there just to discuss that as that happens. But we'll definitely be uh, your source to come and hear about Clippers information and hear my Clippers opinions uh, throughout the offseason and leading into uh, the next season, basically. So that's going to wrap up our episode for for now. Uh, you know, we're going to, again, look into the future. The Clippers have a lot of decisions to make going on. We'll get into those as they come. But I want to, again, thank everyone for listening to our podcast. If you are just joining us for the first time, feel free to check back and listen to some of our older podcasts. I always reference stuff we've talked about in the past. If you want to hear that in more detail, feel free to go ahead and look for us. We're available on all the major podcast platforms uh, and also available on SoundCloud. Uh, that's you know where we sort of host our episodes. So you can always find us on there and you can always find us by typing in It's Hip the number two and clip uh, in your search. You can also follow me on Twitter at it's hip to clip. And then again, that's I T S H I P the number two C L I P um, same thing on Facebook, same uh, spelling on Facebook and also on Instagram. Every so awesome, every so often I'm posting stuff on there. Uh, although not as often as Facebook and Twitter, but you can check us on all those social media platforms. You can find us on all the, um, all the major podcast networks. And, you know, until next time, I want to remind everyone that it's hip to clip. <laughs> <laughs>